Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. You know, I tell you what, quarantine's going great. Family sure. loves me. You All look family great. Loves me. Wendy's, Wendy loves me. Um, Natalie loves me. But I, for some reason, Natalie didn't appreciate because there are times when, you know, during this quarantine, you just like forget, you know, you just forget. Sometimes I forget I'm, al- I'm, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I guess Nat didn't really appreciate that I woke her up this morning because I went to open the refrigerator to have my, my old man cereal because I need fiber to get, get my shit going, right? right? I have to have about, I've had about 50 MGs. Of fiber, of 50 Gs, 50 KLs, fiber in my body, just so uh-huh. I can shit. Yeah. I'm not sure how many, how much that is, but I opened up and we didn't have any milk and I just, I started going into, the milk is gone. <laughs> the milk has gone, we. Oh. Milk is gone. <laughs> wow, fat man soul. Milk is gone, <laughs> Welcome to the last podcast on the left, everyone. I am Ben Kissel, staring at the beautiful face of Marcus Parks. Hello. And My of course, cereal ain't gone. Oh, the milk is gone. Fat boy soul. Henry Zabrowski with us as well. We're yep. all getting through this quarantine together. Um, What? So... You did not realize that the milk was gone the night before. I thought that you were going to be one of those guys who realized you shake the milk carton. You're like, we got about three inches of milk left. We got to go to the store. We got to re-up this milk because if I go in, I open up this fridge. This is how families get killed. It's I am the one who is most dependent upon milk in the home. Mm -hmm. Natalie is more into whatever is fake milk that she... Drinks. She drinks all those synth milks, like the Same oat milk, house. almond milk, perhaps. I yeah, love almond milk. Big fan. Um, me, I like it from a breast. Well, now then you would have to impregnate Natalie and <laughs> theoretically no, be stealing no, the I'm food not t- from I'm your child. An udder is a breast, <laughs> right? An udder is a breast. A a fucking well, goat has breasts. I a dog has breasts, if you think about it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think. And Marcus can answer this question. He's the ranch mind here. Mm-hmm. I don't think an udder is a breast. You don't refer to them as breasts. It like, would be a breast, you, you right? Usually talk, you usually call them bags. Yeah, sure. it's a bag. Yeah, I think, yeah. I call them bags that, all the time. That cow's got bag rot. We're going to have to fucking take care of that cow. That cow's got real bad bag rot. We got to take that cow back to the fucking pen, and then we got to try to drain that bag, and if we don't drain the bag, that cow is fucked. I tell you what, can, you do, can you do a mastectomy on a cow for pre-bag rot? <laughs> Can you, you hollow out a, the bags? You don't, uh, that's just gonna that's gonna cost a lot of money and it ain't gonna be worth it. 
But then you could slap a couple of nice silicone bags. <laughs> yeah, but then you can't have the milk. I mean, Jennifer McCarthy, Jennifer McCarthy, by the way, Thank to you. me, I've always respected her. Jennifer Thank McCarthy, you. she can't breastfeed. She talked about it because she got big fake hoo-hahs. Mm. Mm. Yep, she does. She really <laughs> so, does. The thing is, can a cow survive if you get rid of the bag? No. It would die. Well, quite possibly. But so we don't have any sort of like uh, mangler type farmers that are seeing whether or not this is possible or not. Or if you do just put real ass fucking cool, sweet, supple silicone tits on there and then pre like you could load them up with milk so that they can just kind of feel like they're doing something. They can feel like they're contributing to the farm. I'm just going off of a conversation I had with my father two weeks ago, and I did not have as inquisitive of a mind as the two of you to ask so many follow up questions. Wait a second. You had a conversation similar to this with your father? I had this exact I mean, the conversation about the bag rot, yeah. You had a couple of cows got bag rot. Yep. And to take care of it. So I'm just, as an audience member, you, you open up your phone, you got the Spotify app, you push play, <laughs> and you're like, wonder what the boys are thinking today. Wonder what this great illuminating conversation is going to be. It was bag rot. Talking about you what those bag bags rot. need is fluoride. <laughs> That's the big that's the big thing. That's why in Europe their teeth are worse than here because in America we put the fluoride and everything. Mm-hmm. It's also keeps us from being psychic. You know? That's what they say. <laughs> Calcifying that third eye. Well, speaking of animals, Marcus does have, and we'll get to that here in a second. Marcus has an amazing story about tigers because tigers are all the rage these days, even though we were talking about Joe Exotic way back in September of 2018. I am very proud of our audience because who's we get counting? to be cocky. You've already been, you've already slapped yourself on the back. I mean, give it to you. You already did it. Oh, you already nice. did it on last week's side stories. We <laughs> congratulated ourselves for being hipsters for douchebags. I love that it. is not, that is not, you know, we can't always celebrate it. It's um, just nice that our audience has, we. they can do the ultimate nerd thing, mm-hmm. which is like, eh, you're just finding out about that now. Like, it's yeah, cool that we, yeah. that we can cultivate snarky motherfuckers. <laughs> Can I say, before I jump into the story I wanted to cover today, so I'm trying to use video games to solve, you know what I mean? You don't distract yourself during the quarantine, you know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of people are. Why is every single video game about a super flu? You know, it's one of those interesting things. Days Gone is, Division 2 is. I'm also playing a, re- a, a new game called, and I say it wrong, and it is what it is. Because I'm from Wisconsin. A Plague's Tale. Uh-huh. Innocence. <laughs> it's called A Plague's Tale. Innocence. Oh, man. A Plague's Tale sounds like a fucking cute version, a cute retelling of the bubonic plague from Pixar. <laughs> where this Wisconsin thing comes from because I've never heard a single other person on earth say plague, bagel, vag. I've heard bagel. I've heard bagel. <laughs> plague, it is a Wisconsin thing. Plague the is a... specifically being racist. It does not, first of all, plague is not a race. Okay. It's whiskey. No, I'm saying Wisco, you're being racist against your own people in the Midwest. Like how my mom says, Mutzadel. Like, you know, like, she, it's, a fa- it's a made up word. They don't say it like that in Italy. But this game, you are a girl, which is very uh-huh. powerful. And Ooh. you have a, and you have your brother with you. And the you got you to gotta run away from the rats. And it is very tricky. It is scary. I'm sitting in my apartment, truly getting scared as if I'm watching television news nonstop. But it's something to do, isn't it? Yes, and it that is. is why, as I said, <laughs> as I said before the show started, 
After this is all done, I'm burning all of my furniture on the sidewalk. I will get detained. It will burn for six weeks. It will you be will a- light that recli- you will light that recliner on fire, yes. and it will burn. And the homeless will come. They'll all come <laughs> to me and be like, "Look, it's the eternal flame. Look, yep. and it will keep us warm all through this sweltering hot summer." Thank God for the perma-burning lazy boy. <laughs> it's the it tomb of the religion. forgotten. It... It's the tomb of the forgotten lardass. <laughs> yes, it, it is. It will begin. Uh, it will be the beginning of a wonderful new religion amongst the homeless, my constituents, and I love them. I love them. I love the homeless as well. Again, bring it up. Some, you know, you could actually probably call them home more. I keep doing there the Kissel, Kissel, install that in my brain. Twelve years ago, I brought it up last week. I brought it up the week before, and I'm just gonna keep bringing it up. It's a classic uh, Kissel bit about this story that takes place in Brazil. This okay. is from back in the day. This is one of those evergreen stories that has floated our way many times, but there's not a lot of resources on it. So I figured this be maybe a fun time to dip our toe into the discussion on it. It is okay. very similar to an event that was, I believe, I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't think that we have ever once in the history of our podcast ever once correctly pronounced it. The Dialatov, Dialatov Pass incident. I think it's Dialatov. It oh my God. Dialatov. <laughs> We're fucked. But this is... The it's Diet Love. Diet Love. Diet Love. Oh, that short. That good. At least the accent helps. <laughs> what we're covering is the lead mask case. Okay. The lead mask case. This is just from the Wikipedia to start. Was it is a series of events that led to the death of two Brazilian electronic technicians, essentially TV repairmen, okay. Manuel Pereira de Cruz and Miguel Jose Viana. All right. They were last seen by their family on August seventeenth, nineteen sixty-six. Their bodies were discovered. August 20th, 1966. Now, the okay. reason why that this is interesting is because, number one, they were fu- they were found by a kid flying a kite. How cute is that? <laughs> so they apparently, it was a kid who was flying a kite uh, near this place called the Moro de Vintem, or Vintem. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Moro do Vintem. This is Brazilian. Vintem Hill. Nailed right? it. It's a mountain in Brazil. I'm very good with Portuguese. Of course. Um, and they, so this kid was flying a kite going, see, see, it's a bird. It's a bird I have on a string. I don't know what kids do. I don't right. know how they're, if they're fooled by kites in Brazil. Maybe. And they saw, first sighting of these two men walking up this hill on August 17th. And she saw, saw them sitting on a hill, sitting, staring at the sky, right? Okay. A couple days later, flying a kite again. Kids are real bored in Brazil. Flying a kite, started smelling a smell. Saw what he thought was two men asleep. Up on this hill. Uh-huh. Go up there. They call the policia. The policia go. They find two men in full suits. In full suits, wearing transparent raincoats. They have a couple bottles of water. This is 1966, so you had to return the bottles of water back in the day. So they're like glass bottles. That was actually a much better thing to do than what we do now, which is just throw them in the ocean. You're right, Kissel. Yep. Very brave. <laughs> no problem. You're right. You're really right. As long right. as they now, get washed right afterwards. As long as they don't just refill them and hand them back to some back other stranger. Again, again. Uh, no, I make sure it's clean. <laughs> My spit kills most diseases because it has all of them. Yeah. So the bodies were found. Uh Completely, they were they were still. They a couple of wet towels with them, and most notably, why it's called the lead mask case is they were found with two chunks of lead 
cut out like sunglasses. Now, reports differ as to whether or not they were found on their faces or next to their bodies. Uh Don't know what happened, but what was found was this notebook. A, there was a there was no signs of trauma or any evidence of a struggle. They found this notebook, which uh, said a very cryptic cryptic set of instructions. 1630, be at the specified location. 1830, ingest capsules. After the effect, protect metals. Await signal, mask. Right? Okay, don't know what's going weird. on. Weird, yeah. They mm-hmm. were they identified. We don't know what the hell what this is all about. They tried to do a toxicology report, but apparently, because there's no signs of a re- of de- signs of death, there was no overt signs of why they were if they were murdered or if they said that they committed suicide. But, but they were they, they were totally intact. There was no like bullet in their brain or anything like no, that. They were they, they were fine. Their, they pulled their guts out of them. But uh-huh. apparently, the Brazilian the doctors that were going to do the toxicology report were too busy to do them. What do you and mean? Then, That's their <laughs> whole job. They were busy, Kissel. How many people did they it's have like to not, do toxicology reports I don't for? Know. It's like How? not texting back during the quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> That's the saddest thing. Yeah, it's very sad if someone doesn't text back. But yes, the guts were taken out to be examined and then left to rot. So they couldn't do it. So now there's been some uncorking of this. Week and Weird actually did a good coverage of it. Our friends over uh, the New Kirks that did the Hellier series. They yes. had a fun little sto- story on it. And of course, you can listen to our interview with the New Kirks on our Patreon. Uh, we've done two interviews with them, as a matter of fact, and they are wonderful. So if you have get, if you get a chance to give to our Patreon, thank you so much. If you have, uh, you can listen to the interviews and they are wonderful people. Thank you for the plug. No problem. We have now, and we, I saw two separate articles written by Charles Bowen, who's like an old school psychic head. Back then, thanks to, um, I, I don't normally say this, but thanks to Reddit, I found some good sources. This was written by a guy that was, was he wrote in this thing, it was a, from a magazine called Flying Saucer Review back in the day. So now what basically happened here is that the, okay. these two bodies, when they were found, a report came out of a UFO being seen above where they were positioned. No one really knows exactly what happened here, right? Okay. There was a report given by Senhora Gracinda de Hasausa. She was driving along near the road near the hill when she saw an oval-shaped fiery object alternatively hovering and then plunging and soaring vertically over one spot on the slope where they said where they where it was said they later found these two these two boys men. Wh- now, Henry, your experience because you do a great breakdown in the live show which I believe people can get very, very soon, uh, our 2019 live show. We filmed it in New Orleans. It was amazing. But you talk extensively about the movement of UFOs and how they can move sort of weird, strange, and how it's like it yeah, doesn't weird. Yeah, we're we're weird. Weird. I know that we were weird, <laughs> and you guys made me say it like that. Um, but does that make sense, the way that this woman described the movement of this UFO to you? Sure. Yep. <laughs> I, I think so. Well, the, the UFOs move very strangely, and a lot of times they move accordance with what we do. What, if the idea of a nuts and bolts UFO is real, and what they oftentimes people say when they see them is that the objects act like they know they're, they are being watched. And oftentimes, UFOs flying around, are, they, the term is used quite often, is presentation. Uh, uh, like they saw essentially a presentation of this, this thing moving up and down, and they don't know what to do. Now, okay. several authors of people talking about this, this storyline said, well, hey, 
a lot of times when weird shit happens, like wiggity crime, which we've seen before, people will then come out and also say they saw UFOs during the time period. Also, right. or, or saw cryptids, saw ghosts all combined. We saw that with the Mothman stories. We saw that with the Men in Black stories. A lot of times these things are, are very heavily layered and we don't know why. Mm-hmm. But I think one thing that was interesting is that they had a buddy, a guy named Elcio Gomez, who was investigated several times for, I guess, driving them around because they were last seen... Basically, they were seen at a restaurant where they bought the two. They, they told their family they were going to leave for the day at 9 a.m. Herman and Buddy, they were going on a secret mission, is what they told to their own families. Well, you can't say you're going on a secret mission. That is no longer a secret mission. No, you have to means, say you're going to Arby's and then go on a secret mission. It means dad's having sex with his friend Bill. <laughs> All right, that's what oh it really means. Honestly, if Brokeback Mountain had UFOs... I would Perfect just. Movie. I would <laughs> come. Perfect movie. I would come. It would be incredible. Uh, so these two men who were highly regarded in that town, they left on a 9 a.m. Wednesday on a secret mission. They took with them a sum of money estimated to be around three million cruzeros, which at the time this article was written in the 1960s was uh, they said it was the equivalent of about 485 sterling. Um, so I'm still with confused. That, you so <laughs> you just confused me more. What is it in dollars? I don't know. Right? <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna guess in today's money, uh, fourteen hundred bucks. Wow, a lot it of money. Be, it could <laughs> be as low as ten dollars. I have no idea. <laughs> we really have no clue. But I'm gonna say fourteen hundred dollars. Okay, let's yeah, go fourteen hundred sure, bucks. The words take of Marcus: fourteen hundred bucks. But they found them. They they know that they bought the raincoats and the bottled waters on the same day. Right? Okay, they don't know what else. Happened. But a friend, a friend of theirs, this Elcio Gomez, was like they're kind of. They end up calling their assistant, and they said apparently these two men were part of with another guy, a part of something called a spiritual science group, where they <sighs> were highly interested in the combination of esoteric spiritualism mixed with science at the same time. Okay, and reportedly Elcio Gomez and these two men had built a device. A couple of months before this happened, that was an, used in an, in an attempt to contact Mars and entities on Mars that exploded in his backyard. It's a, this is like it's like the Burbs, but in 1960s Brazil. This is so much fun. <laughs> so they said they were part of this spiritual science group. So they apparently they found literature inside of uh, Manuel's home that talked about using a combination of psychedelics slash uh, some form of meditation slash the combination of knowing that they were about to meet illuminated beings. They found the scraps of the lead sheets in Manuel's home as well. So oh. they they know that they cut them and they had them for some reason. So this all this all came out to light and no so no leads. Okay. We don't know what happened. They didn't do the toxicology report. We have no clue if they took pills or not. We don't know why they died. There's but there was another story in 1962 apparently before, this is four years before, of another TV technician by the name of Hermes that was also found guilty, who was found dead on the top of Moro de Cruzario near Nevis, and his corpse also had a lead mask lying on top of it. Huh. We don't know. Speculation continued. The outbound, This comes from the article, this comes from the article, The Mystery of the Moro do Vintem by Charles Bowen. This is from the 1960s. 
Speculation continued the outward bound trend when the Falfa de Sao Paulo of August 31st published an article in which a professor of yoga suggested that the men may have been trying to carry out a telepathic experiment with a high frequency thought waves. He explained that in experiments of this kind, alkaloids such as LSD 25 or mescaline are taken to step mm. up mental alertness and the frequency of the brain. And so at the time, a lot of people were saying, oh, they might have died from, they, well, they postulated that they died from an overdose of psychedelics, which I've never heard. No. But did you just say the guy was a professor of yoga? Yep. <laughs> but what is that? What is that? It's a man you who went never, to college and got a master's for yoga? degree in yoga. I am disappointed for his father. <laughs> I could have, you already- ever met, have you ever met Dr. Winston Farty? He's a doctor of yoga. <laughs> Dr. Farty is an incredible resource in Los Angeles. I just didn't realize you could be a professor of yoga, but hey. I don't think you can. No, okay. Good, good to know. Good to know. I don't know. I think you can claim to be a professor of yoga. Yeah, I guess you can claim to be a professor of anything. Mm-hmm. I'm a professor of Hot Pockets. <laughs> I am just happy you're eating. Although I don't know why you've regressed. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm a professor uh, of roasted broccoli and pelvic thrusts. <laughs> Mm, very nice. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it. But guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with Horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders... I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. 
Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction, and it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash last pod. So four years before these two people were found dead, we have another person who was dead, all with the lead masks. Have these been found at all again? Was there any group that was like, we're the lead mask people? We, that's where they got them. The lead mask people were the group. It was these guys, and they died doing some form of either experiment. They must have t- ingested something that they thought would help them because he had a lot of weird, like, we're talking like old school occult books. Not like now, where you can go on Amazon and write like, how do I see ghosts with my glasses? Like, <laughs> you can't do that then. So they had all of these old school books, so God knows what they all fucking mixed up to take in these little capsules. I mean, I could see them. Maybe they're so went into the uh, UFO craft. Maybe they're hanging out with the members of Heaven's Gate. Uh-huh. However, they can always make fun of the members of Heaven's Gate because they didn't lose their winkies. <laughs> and they could be like, turns out, y'all, you didn't need to cut those winkies off because we're in the same place as you are and we got full bones. <laughs> full bones! <laughs> if I may give a theory myself. Oh, please. Yes. These guys are doing old school occultism. Then that means they're probably doing old school alchemy, right? Something like that. I'm thinking that the first guy who died, I'm thinking all of these guys were probably a part of some sort of group. The first guy who died, of course, made a little pill full of some sort of alchemical concoction. Hmm. He died, and the other two guys, who, he poisoned himself, and the other two guys thought, you know what? We got that shit figured out. Right. We We're know how to do, do this. Right. We know yeah, he was a fucking know. idiot. Right. He's a fucking right. moron. <laughs> I know how to do it. What we got to do is get wet. That's the only thing that's weird is that they had the they had the raincoats on over their suits because it was raining. But uh-huh. they had wet towels with them that doesn't make any sense. Well, maybe the towels were dry. The towels were probably dry and then it rained on them. Ooh, Kessel, are you a part of the Scotland Yard? <laughs> I'm a professor of yoga and dry towels. Uh, you can find yeah, those you pills. are, because your towels have never seen an, a hint of moisture. The like, only know, thing that sees moisture is your fucking horrible chair and poor puffin. First of all, 
I am very happy to inspire a challenge. I saw it on Instagram, the Ben Kissel challenge, where you take a shower and you dry off with your own clothes as you put them on. And multiple people have taken and participated in this challenge during the quarantine because they're having fun. Uh, and they said it's surprisingly, it's a, a surprisingly good time. A surprisingly good time. I got multiple messages being like, you know what? It's not that bad because, the you know, it's kind of nice. And so I want to thank them uh, it's kinda for, ni- for participating. They said it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. It's not I- that bad. Also, and this is how you're living your life. No, it's kind of nice. nice. It's not that bad. It's that is not my life. that bad. <laughs> but I do want to say thank Which you. It sounds for- like the way people describe a mammogram. <laughs> I do want to say thank you for all of the towels that have been sent to the studio. I am good on towels. I now have about 30 of them. So it is all good. Thank you for your support. And I have been drying off with a very nice towel uh, that somebody sent me. It's almost too nice. I want to sleep with it. Don't send any more towels. No more towels. We got like nine towels on the same day before all this shit popped off. The last thing we got from the fucking post office was six boxes of towels. But the fun thing is they come in big boxes. So you're like, what's it going to be? Is it going to be like cool, like Ouija board or something? It's like nothing. It's towels. Towels. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's all the worst Christmas presents in the world. (laughs) But it was very sweet. Thank you for all the wonderful towels. So no, this is one of those. So I I am not really sure. I mean, that's as far as I go in terms of research. There is very little other research. I write a bunch of these things. There are a lot of people that don't know whether or not the UFO is actually connected to what they do. It seems that it was more that it was it's homegrown alchemy might right. be the real murderer here. But I but I don't know. Or were they blinded to death by a fucking Anakian angel mind through the veil? Did they see through the veil? Huh? Hey, <laughs> I Henry is just asking questions yes just asking and that's questions. all you can do yep. also if you want to get those pills you can go to infowars slash merch uh, <laughs> yes, and i'm sure those pills page. are right there get your tactical bath just have a nice absolutely. time absolutely i know what's going on i'm an expert i know for a fact if i ever see an angel fucking wear sunglasses and shoot it in the head well evidently marcus <laughs> was telling me folks in texas uh with the coronavirus they are on the front lines and they are heavily armed, uh-huh. and I hope they find a way to shoot that damn thing. <laughs> yep, Lubbock, Texas. That's what my that's what my uh, buddy Robert told me. Is like, yep, everyone in Lubbock is preparing to shoot the coronavirus <laughs> to death. I if they could, they could, I, they will. If they could, that is what. That's where the guns. That's what they're here for. Absolutely. That's why we don't need. That's what I would say. Repeal all gun control. We need to start killing more viruses like this. Well, you know what, Henry? Thankfully, we've already done that. So oh good. wow! Congrats, everybody. Guys, Robert would... is the uh, owner of Starbucks and Comics out there in Lubbock. So uh, once everything calms down again, please go out and uh, support your local comic book store, specifically Starbucks and Comics in Lubbock, Texas. Absolutely. I just I wish would... I had more friends here willing to do more electronic experiments with me. Electronic, like electronic music? No, like trying to like use technology to see other you beings. Want, you want me to go <laughs> hang out with you, put some wires up to your car battery, attach them to your testicles, and start the car? No, this is an Al-Qaeda. <laughs> I'm trying to see Ghost Kissel, but not the old-fashioned way. Oh, you don't want to play Guantanamo Bay with me? You don't want to play Guantanamo Bay with one of your best friends? The, oh, man, that'd be kind of cute. And we can go get in the pyramid, and I could wear that weird hood, and then we could listen to a lot of Slipknot. It sounds fun if it wasn't torture. No, for them it wasn't fun, but for us it would be fun because we'd be volunteering. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Mm-hmm. So speaking of good times... 
Joe Exotic is not having fun right now. Uh, Joe Exotic has coronavirus. Potentially coronavirus. <laughs> I am Honestly, just so if- sick of everything being so on the nose. <laughs> I'm so sick of everything just being so like it, it was put together by a 33-year-old development officer at a comedy channel that has never seen a live show. <laughs> Joe Exotic, he has been transferred to the hospital. He does not have coronavirus as we know it. He did transfer from a jail where people got tested positive for coronavirus. Well, he went from coronavirus isolation to the hospital. So really, that's where you want to be. They treat you mildly like a human. Yeah. It is much better than jail. I don't know, Kissel. I don't know. I think going to the jail hospital is better, but I don't know if it's good to be sick in jail. I think it's (laughs) bad. I I think it's really scary. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's better to be in the in the play in the hospital place where they kind of take care of you a little bit and maybe they fluff you or something. I don't know. I don't think they do. I I don't don't know. All I know is Joe was getting bullied in jail and now he's hanging around with the nurses and having fun. He was having a good time in jail. He was no, I bullied. don't think. I think they might have been giving him a hard time in jail. I think so too, because his personality wasn't necessarily perfect for jail yeah. lifestyle. You can't be a star in jail. No. <laughs> because you're really not looking for attention. No. Yeah. Absolutely not. But Marcus, you have some more information on really what should have been more focused on. My only complaint, which I thought was a very great docuseries. They could have done one episode on the Tigers. Yeah, yeah. I could have gone for one, but then again, I guarantee you people would have complained and be like, why is it so long? So I understand they cut it, but the, ba- it be- the last one was more about the Tigers. The last a little one bit more. A little bit more, but they saved it for the very end, being like, oh, were you having fun listening to all these maniacs talk? Well, they killed a lot of Tigers. Like, <laughs> I know, I know. They, they did the same thing. I don't know what's going on with docuseries right now, but it was the same thing with Don't Fuck With Cats. Yes. The last 10 minutes were like, you shouldn't have watched this. Are you online right now? Are you <laughs> the reason you this man it? died? I'm like, leave me alone. I'm being a good consumer. I'm just, try- <laughs> I'm just trying to watch the TV because the, t- the other channels are yelling at me. And the other one's got a man in a mask saying I'm going to die. And this one is, is it makes me feel normal. <laughs> I don't know why docuseries are choosing to scold us by watching them. But know. whatever. I think by the end. But. Yeah, by the day. Or is the real monster... You. No! Yes, you <laughs> motherfucker! I knew that, though. I knew that when I woke up. I'm sorry for everything. I know I start off as a monster. <laughs> so considering all the hubbub surrounding Tiger King and all the ensuing interest in Mr. Joe Exotic, mm-hmm. I figured we'd cover one of the deadly incidents briefly mentioned in the first episode of that series. Oh, my God. This story is so freaking nuts. In 2011, a man named Terry Thompson opened the gates on his private zoo and let loose 50 dangerous exotic animals outside of Zanesville, Ohio, then shot himself in the head immediately afterward. This is one of those stories when it was breaking live. Did you guys remember watching this live? Yeah, absolutely. It was, if you did put the soundtrack to Benny Hill, it would have been kind of funny seeing all these fat sheriff deputies try to wrangle a zebra. Although there were it no was, zebras here. No, this I is, know. It was, this is all fucking like carnivorous yeah, mammals. But it was so, amazing for them. It was very hard to catch these animals. So he tried to commit suicide because of financial reasons? Like he committed suicide because of, or was it health? Does anybody know? Well, the story is glossed over in Tiger King. But, you know, of course, the question is, why would this man do such a thing? Mm-hmm. Why would he let 50 deadly animals go, then immediately shoot himself in the fucking head? Because he's a super well, lazy Batman villain? <laughs> 
Well, I got my answer in a GQ article written by Chris Heath in 2012, and that article will be our main source for today. So, in order to find out just what led to this man releasing 50 wild animals just prior to a suicide, let's get into the story of Terry Thompson. Yay! This is a fantastic tale. I mean, it's very sad, but it's a really good fucking story. And it you know really gives you an insight into uh, some of these exotic pet owners that are still, of course, out there today. And that's why Joe Exotic, Tiger King, captured America's attention because these people are fucking fascinating yeah and terry thompson is not a guy who owned a, a a zoo that was open to the public this was one of those private collectors that they talk about that is just <sighs> he just got this shit because he wanted this shit do you just have a bunch of private like a bunch of private store of tigers like wine like you wait till it matures and then you decant <laughs> one at a time like what do you why do you need more than one tiger well well let's fucking get into it man let's do it Terry Thompson was a Vietnam veteran who had never quite gotten over what he'd experienced in the war. Mm. He'd been a door gunner for a Huey helicopter, widely okay. known to be amongst the most dangerous and brutal assignments in all of Vietnam. Is that like so being a butler? <laughs> of death. So he would just mow people down. He was in the worst of it. This oh, guy, I mean, his, his job was to soften up landing zones for medical evacuations, oh, meaning wow. he pumped countless bullets into the fields of Vietnam, mowing down enemy combatants so the helicopter could land. Yeah, he's probably got a hard time with fireworks and like, all that <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff. Well, firecrackers is probably a rough time for him. July 4th is not a good weekend for him. Yeah. How many times have I said this? I love my country, but I hate fireworks. It's a fine to not like fireworks. Stop calling me anti-American. I'm the fireworks now. <laughs> my grandmother used to, when we, when we would watch fireworks growing up in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, every time she would hear a bang, she would start stand up and start running. The next bang, she would fall down to her knees. And then by the end of it, her pants would be around her ankles because they would always fall down as well. Well, that's a new ankle falling. Uh, that's a new pants falling story. Her pants that's a fall new down. pants falling story. <laughs> her pants would fall down all the time. No one knows why. No. And she never cared. <laughs> Well, sometimes when Thompson was in the helicopter, his team was faced with so many injured men in the field that the medics would have to pry fingers off the helicopter's landing gear oh. just so they could take off. Sometimes there were so many Viet Cong that Thompson ran out of bullets. But Yikes. Whew, that's not good. Not good at all because I think they gave him a lot of bullets. Yes. They gave him a lot of bullets. <laughs> it yes. was Vietnam. Yeah. But Vietnam was also where Terry Thompson's love of animals began. In the midst of the war, Terry Thompson befriended a little monkey. Oh. And taking care of that monkey was said to be the only thing that kept Terry sane. Oh, that's that's nice. I mean, it's also that's like kind of, nice. of insane to be just talking to a monkey all day and treating it like it's a real person. I you mean, I get it. it. You, take it where, you take it where you can get it. Tell me what, Mr. Gillikers. <laughs> I bet you don't blame me for what I gotta do for my country, right? <laughs> you fucking talk back to me, Mr. Gillikers. I know the one that looks just like you. Just trying to bleed red, white, and blue here. <laughs> now, by accounts, Terry was a gregarious, pleasant boy before the war. But after the war... Terry was a bit of a loner, always a little off. 
and it was suspected that he'd been exposed to the infamous chemical known as Agent Orange. My uncle was too, and he also came back the same exact way. He attacked my mom in her sleep. It fucked people Is that a great story? Is that a fun story? (laughs) Yeah. We all used to be different people before the war. We all used to have different dreams. I wanted to be a professional at skipping rope. Now all I do is make nooses. (laughs) Once he got back to America, Terry lived what you'd call the life of an eccentric for the next 40 years. He married a local girl named Marianne Sharp and opened a bike shop in Columbus, which eventually turned into a bike and gun shop. Mm. Okay. Are we talking bicycle or... Bicycles, uh, yeah. Bicycles. And a little bit of motorcycle work, but mostly bicycles and guns. How a, gun sh- how a bike shop becomes a gun shop is when you run out of horn material. Sometimes like a whole county will run low on the squeaky things of that you course. need to do to make bike horns work. So yeah, but a gun is a really good way to make people pay attention that a bike is coming through. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> then, in 1977, the exotic animal collection began when Terry bought his wife a baby tiger cub for her birthday and named it Simba. Oh, cute. Honestly, was that before Lion King? Long before, yeah. So he nailed that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Simba, I think it came. I think, I think Lion King was a book. <laughs> I have no was idea. Was Lion King a book first? I have no clue. I have no idea where the name Simba came from. But, Simba. but he, he did kind of name. I mean, it was a tiger, not a lion. But he did, yeah. Now, kind of. Was nailed. Lion King Weird. a book? This must be some other kind of name or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. Well, from there, he began buying baby bears and baby lions. And like a lot of these collectors, he started using those baby cubs to make money. Uh. Now, Terry did not have a license to supply animals for photo shoots. You needed one of those from the USDA. But he got around that technicality by using a friend's accreditation. And he rubbed elbows with quite a few famous hoity-toities. Uh-oh. He supplied lion cubs to Heidi Klum for a fashion shoot. Whoa. He appeared on The Rachel Ray Show as an animal handler. Oh, my. And he even provided animals for a photo shoot featuring former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. Ah, I was hoping it was Newt. (laughs) He wanted Newts, but they're hard to wrangle. Yes, they are. That is got to be. Anybody can just get a tiger. Yeah, yeah. It's really Uh, real easy. To get your hands on a bunch of tigers, huh? It, I, mm-hmm. it, it does seem easier than I thought it would be. It's pretty easy. Okay. Yeah, and but, you know, the people who uh, hired this guy, as far as they were concerned, this dude was legit. He was not, but as far as they knew, he was. You know how you can make sure a guy's legit if you want to hire him for something? Uh, don't ask about it and don't look for any accreditation and just say he's legit to yourself and to the people spending money on it. It's almost like television producers don't really care about their job and maybe <laughs> they don't vet everyone that they have on the show. Sometimes you just got to get a tiger to set. You do. <laughs> Everybody can ask their funny little questions after we get our day. But right now, what I need is a tiger in that dentist chair. And I need a dentist or acting dentist who is not afraid of tigers to be willing to fake give this tiger a root canal. I agree. It's got to get done. Got to get done. 
Now, Thompson said that he never sold exotic animals, but another exotic animal owner named Nancy Wilder said that she saw him sell a baby monkey outside of an auction for $3,500. And that was in addition to the tiger with ringworm that he sold at the auction. Ah, uh, not well, good. Well, did, did he say it had a ringworm? Was it a high school wrestler? How did it get ringworm? <laughs> no, he said, yeah, this is a tiger, you know, discounted because it has ringworm. Okay, so he gave it a discount. He gave it a discount, but he, auctioned, but he wasn't allowed to sell the baby monkey, but he sold the baby, because apparently at these wild animal auctions, there's a little bit of a black market going on out in the parking lot where you can go out like, yeah, you want a monkey? I can get you a monkey. Come on out to my car. I'll fucking show you a monkey. $3,500 for the monkey. $3,500? Great. Want Enjoy your yeah, monkey. Yeah, yeah. Like, you want a monkey that can type on a typewriter? I got one of those. You want a monkey that can shoot a gun? I got like five of those. You want one? I got them right here. This is my brother. He's a monkey. Yep. I married him. I, my, my sister married him legally. California. Nah, it is over there. Just a bunch of dudes with, with uh, massive raincoats on that look to be as if they're getting scratched by monkeys on a regular basis until they that open it up. That would be very up. scary to have that very many scary. wild ass, just fucking loose monkeys. Just like hanging out. Because also, it's not like, like, you know, if we don't sell our merch, lastpodcastmerch.com, and we don't sell our merch, yeah, it sits into a fucking, it sits in a pile. You sure. Know what I mean? Yeah. And it's difficult because you got all this merch you got to sell. Right? Yeah. But that merch is fucking shitting everywhere. Nope. And the <laughs> it's nice like human thing trafficking, human trafficking, yes, horrible crime, but also what a nightmare. <laughs> nightmare. And you know what I've said about our merch, and I will always say this our shirts can't get ringworm. And isn't that amazing? Isn't that nice? No, these exotic animal people are insane. Like the, they Esca, are. the yeah, the GQ article quoted one woman, and it was a direct quote where she said, "I will suck dick to feed my tiger." <laughs> <laughs> I want to meet her. <laughs> well, good for her. It's, it's that kind of passion that keeps the world moving. Yep. Now, not surprisingly, Thompson did not treat his animals well, mostly because Thompson eventually became an animal hoarder. Difference between him right. and the cat people you see on the show Hoarders, though, is that Thompson was not hoarding like tabby cats or puppies or anything like that. He was hoarding lions, tigers, bears, monkeys, baboons, like major animals. So when what does happens he- then? Yeah, when, uh, when does it flip? When does an animal hoard become a Narnia army (laughs) but in in this guy's mind obviously they all loved animals right yeah at one point but then that's even what what people said about joe exotic is like at the beginning it truly was about the animals and then at one point it flips it became all about money with joe exotic it became all about money yeah and his own personal bullshit because you really you saw that he stopped giving a fuck about the cats halfway through that documentary like once he's when he was like holding right. those two cubs and he's like this five thousand dollars right here and yeah. it's like that's like not a way to look at an animal like a, a living animal carol baskin put him against a wall he had to do what he had to do to survive <laughs> i am <laughs> such an say, apologist i know it's, it's really, you really are it's becoming, weird he's a te- I, you know joe exotic is like a truly awful narcissistic asshole right yes <laughs> i do and that's why it's a problem that i am such an apologist yeah. because i even thought it was funny even though if I was a related to his ex-husband who shot himself in the head, I understand that that funeral is very inappropriate. It's highly inappropriate. He made the funeral all about him. He and talked about his, his balls, his, nuggets from <laughs> he half talked about his little balls. And then I laughed, and I knew it was wrong to laugh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it was, it's objectively funny. If it wasn't real, and I saw so it. Yes, if yes. It, it's funny because it's not our family. <laughs> yes. But also, at the same time, I've just... 
you know, sometimes it's hard to not laugh hard at a funeral. It yeah. is, Because oh, it's just so loaded. You got to yeah. let it out. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. All those emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. And isn't that what matters most? Better writing means a stronger impact. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. You can't escape it. Like the ever-pervasing octopus of malice that is the NSA. Grammarly is watching your every move, making sure that you're doing it right. Data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly, into the very essence of its nature. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner, and it helps your team make their point and move faster, because that's the key there. Work smarter, not harder. Yes, Grammarly. You know how many times it saves me from writing a long, rambling, one-sentence email at 4 o'clock in the morning to my beloved employees? Makes me sound like someone who doesn't just have a BA in theater. All right, I was taught how to be a tree. I was not taught how to survive as an adult. All right, my job was to cry in front of a weird Southern man who just told me all sorts of weird stuff about my body. I didn't learn how to write. So thank you, Grammarly, because you're making me the boss I gotta be to motivate my team to get out there. Oh, man, you don't want to mess with them. Thanks, Grammarly. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free. Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanadas already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Yeah, we do. Do you love saving money? Oh my God, you bet. Then Philo may be your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. That's amazing. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles. It's just a better way to watch TV. Get with it, people. Philo has an unlimited DVR for one year. Save all your favorite shows so you can watch on your own schedule. Philo allows for multiple profiles and multiple streams, meaning that your children or significant other can't ruin your queue. Never miss a minute of shows like, oh, RuPaul's Drag Race. 
You're going to watch it. You're going to love it. You're going to get involved with it. And it's an extravaganza. You're going to love it. With Philo, you can start watching in seconds for less money and less hassle. Try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash left. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash L-E-F-T to get 50% off your first month. Well, back to Thompson. This, this might give you a little bit of insight into when shit flipped for him. Okay. In 2005, he was charged with animal cruelty after three cows and a buffalo died of starvation on property belonging to his parents. And a wow. neighbor said that he was forced to kill Rottweilers belonging to Thompson after those dogs ran loose and killed some of the neighbor's calves. And all the while, Thompson, mm. he's saying, like, I'm going to open a zoo. I'm going to call it T's Wild Kingdom. Yeah, is it, a, is it like a cute romantic comedy? This is what that looks like in real life. Yeah. Yes. But from what friends say, with Thompson, it was about having things that nobody else had. I got a tiger. You don't got a tiger. I got a lion. You don't got a lion. Right. That was a big part of the appeal. When a friend it makes a lot asked, of sense. When a friend asked him how many animals was too many and just why he needed to get more and more and more animals... I mean, this is an answer. It may not tell you anything, and it may tell you everything. Terry said, quote, because I can. It's yeah. me with my fucking shoes. <laughs> He's viewing these fucking tigers like they're Jordans. Yeah. Right. It's just he didn't, did he at any point have food? Like, yeah. did he understand how much he has to provide for them? He had a caretaker. You know, he did the same thing that Joe Exotic did. They would, you know, they would troll the highways looking for roadkill. You know, they would get surplus meat. They do that same type of shit, you know, where they yeah, found the meat he where then, they could. But did he then take the same meat and put it on the fucking pizzas and sell it in the fucking <laughs> <Okay>. commissary <laughs> of the zoo, which is still one of the best. I feel like that's an unsung part of that Joe Exotic documentary series when he fucking, you saw that he was eating, they're eating the same meat that the tigers were eating. Maybe it was the amount of edibles or, uh, I was on, or maybe it's just this weird fascination, but the pizza looked good. It, the pizza I mean, looked. It, yeah, I mean, you're disgusting. All pizza looks good. I, yeah, I mean, no. Sometimes it doesn't. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick my neck out. That and say, pizza. Looks, some pizza doesn't look good. Yeah. All right. I know it was garbage meat. That's not appropriate. Yeah. That's definitely not. A, it's a, it's appropriate for a man to eat, but not appropriate for a man to serve at a restaurant unless he's upfront about it being garbage meat. <laughs> yes. You gotta all go right. to garbage meat. You. There was a restaurant just called Garbage Meat, <laughs> and they just said it's two dollars. Eat till you puke. I think oh. that's fine. I think that's totally legit. And if you dress like a raccoon, you eat for free. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh, cute. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong. I mean, there's a lot of wasted food in there this is country. A lot. There's a there ton is. of wasted food. And I think that's good that they were repurposing the wasted food. But you got to be up front that it's wasted food. I understand. You got to be up front about it. Okay. Well, Thompson, just like most of these exotic animal owners, was massively into guns. Cool. And that's what ended up landing him in prison in the late 2000s. Is it? I, I guess it's people who have a high need for danger and just like, I guess also dominance. I don't know. It's very bizarre. The gun Venn diagram of gun ownership and, and tiger love. Yeah. I think that it is uh, a rebellion of sorts. You're also surrounded by tigers. That's, a good <laughs> That's point the only too. time it's appropriate to have multiple assault guns, assault rifles, all that shit, because you're surrounded by the most dangerous creatures on the face of the planet. The animals we have been avoiding. I'm standing up. The animals that almost killed us in the most primal days, the ones that we had to escape 
in the jungle in the night that we learned how to create fire to avoid <laughs> and, and build tools to escape from. We have now purposely put them in your backyard. Right. And you're using the most powerful spear in the world to make sure that they don't kill you now because you put them back there when we've been trying to avoid them. That's a good point. It's kind of an arms race, isn't it? You got to beat the tigers. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's a it's one of those dumb, dumb, stupid rebellion things. It's the same people that take AR-15s into Walmarts just because they can. It's like, you don't tell me what to do. I'll right. do whatever the fuck I want to do. I want to get 17 tigers. I'll get 17 tigers. I want to get 133 guns. I'll get 133 guns. I and- had a dream last night that my son's ghost went into my rifle. <laughs> so when you say for me to leave my rifle in the car, you might as well say leave your five-year-old son alone in the car. <laughs> well, that's not right. That's not right at he all. He died in the car, actually, my son. I did leave him <laughs> you did in the back of a car for several days. <laughs> yeah, I that forgot. Was, that wasn't good, yeah. Well, in 2008, the ATF raided his home, and I didn't just pull 133 guns out of my hat. That's how many guns Terry Thompson owned, was 133. But it wasn't the stockpile that got him into trouble. This is America. You're allowed to own 133, 153, 183 guns. You can only use one at a time. Yeah, Yeah, that's the thing. In the end, it's like you have one when you just have one in your hands. But some of those guns weren't registered. And others had no serial numbers, which is a big no-no. So Terry did a year in federal prison. Okay. While inside, he turned paranoid and accused his wife of being the one who turned him in. He became verbally abusive, and by the time he was released from the Federal Correctional Institution in West Virginia, his marriage was all but over. Okay. And Thompson returned to his property outside of Zanesville, Ohio, where his animals we're waiting. So who was taking care of the animals for the year that he was gone? The wife was taking care of it. From what I could tell, it wasn't very clear exactly who it was, but I think the wife was taking care of it part of the time, and they also had a caretaker. They had a guy, like a local guy who also helped them like take care of the animals. So there was people were taking care of the animals in that year that uh, Terry Thompson was in prison. I guess we don't have all the information, but I also don't know why the ATF raided him. I, I suppose someone must have snitched on him. Someone, that yeah. also was wasn't clear that all that also was not clear from the article exactly why the atf rated him not if sure. i was his neighbor i definitely would be keeping an eye on him yeah, that's being true. like there seemed to be a lot going on in that house i think i saw a tiger driving a car the other day which i don't think is appropriate because to be honest i think that tiger is only like eight years old and he's too young for a license absolutely too young well from what friends say thompson returned from prison broken He felt he'd been betrayed by the government, and that betrayal had come on top of what he'd already felt after his time in Vietnam. This dude is literally Rambo. Yeah. Yeah, he he is Rambo, but with a lot more tigers. Yeah, (laughs) Sylvester Stallone in real life. Then came the betrayal of his wife. The night before he died, Terry told a friend that he'd received an anonymous letter saying that his wife, Marianne, had been unfaithful. (gasps) Although by this time, it was sort of a moot point. The marriage was already over, but this seemed to be the final betrayal for Terry Thompson. She went to a Hardee's with another man, (laughs) and I saw her eat the biggest burger I've ever seen. She went to a Hardee's with Greg, and do you know what Greg collects? Goddamn turtles. <laughs> How disgusting is this? I mean, she doesn't want to be with a real man anymore, I'll tell you that. 
So it's thought that after discovering the infidelity, Terry decided to punish his wife by taking his own life and the lives of most of the animals with him. Ah, uh, yes, I will punish my wife by giving her exactly what she wants, me dead. Well, no, that, that's the thing, is that Marianne loved the animals like they were her children. Mm. She did her best to take care of them. So they were. So it was okay for the animals? No, it was awful for the it animals. It was awful for she the had, animals. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I don't know, I'm, yeah. really, I'm very confused. She had very few, she had very little resources. Okay. You know, like, she did not have a whole lot to work with, but she had great affection for the animals. So this was Terry trying to punish his wife. Okay. So on October 18th, 2011, Terry woke up, cut the locks from most of the enclosures in his private zoo, and set them all free, knowing wow. that whoever had to clean up the mess would be forced to kill them. But this does uh. bring up a couple of questions, and it's in those questions that conspiracy and rumor found a home. Hmm. First, why did Terry cut the locks with bolt cutters rather than just unlocking them? He had the keys. He had the keys on him. Why did he cut the locks? Being a fucking drama queen. <laughs> Honestly. Straight up being a drama also, queen. You're already doing this flagrant act yeah, where right. you are going to unleash all these tigers and there's something about being like, and now they'll never be shut again. Yeah. <laughs> and I shall release you, tigers. Like, instead of going like, where's the goddamn key? I'm off, God, son of a bitch. Like, there's so much just snapping them being like, free, you're free. Ha <laughs> ha Like, running around. Also, it's fun to use bolt cutters. Yeah, it is fun. And it, I guess it is kind of fun to have animals running by your sides as you hold your hands up at a V being like, liberation! Go! Go! We're all going. We're all going. Well, that brings up another question. How did Terry manage to let all these wild animals go and avoid being attacked himself? Because even if the animals did have some affection towards him, the, I mean, a big cat just wanting a friendly tussle can be deadly. Like a cat, deci- a, a gigantic tiger decides he wants to play with you, he could end up killing you very <sighs> easily. I think yeah, these that, animals that, were just thrilled to get the hell out of there. Could be. Yeah, ask Kissel about his dating life. <laughs> How scary is that? You want to wrestle with somebody? It wrestle with rem- some tiny woman? It reminds me of when I was in the old pokey here in downtown Chinatown, yeah. <laughs> uh, here in Manhattan. And uh, as soon as your name is called, you bolt out of there. Yeah. You know, so like, because I was in there for 24 hours, I was having a conversation with uh, with a person. They were like, Ben Kissel. I was like, I never saw you. Bye. Bye. And I just bolted out. I think these tigers are just like, we're free. I'm out of here. We also, I wonder if, what if he looked like fucking fat boy, fat British from Cats. Oh. Full cat costume. <laughs> James Gordon. Yep. He went through there on his fucking hands and knees going, Row. Row, we are free. Row, bow, 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 bow. I'm also half dog. <laughs> I'll give you a scope of what Terry did. He let loose 50 animals, most of them large, aggressive, and carnivorous. All in all, he set free 18 tigers, 17 lions, Eight bears, three cougars, two wolves, a macaque monkey, and a baboon. Oh, the monkeys could have. So those cougars just go straight to the sports bar? (laughs) That would be, yeah, come on, have fun today. I'm being Kissel. I'm the one. I'm the Kissel today. uh, When they are all released, do they fight each other? Uh, No, they absolutely did not. Well, okay, the monkey got eaten. That will happen. That was it. Honestly, the macaque? Yeah. The macaque got eaten pretty fast. At least they they assume because they just never found it. 
you know what? Not in my world. It's in Uruguay. It's hanging out and it's having a great time, not talking about its past. Yeah, but they they very much assume uh, that uh, that the monkey was eaten. At Makes least sense. they hope that the monkey was eaten because the monkey was also infected with herpes B, which is uh, could cause severe brain damage or um, death in humans. So they very Whoa. much hope that that monkey was uh, was eaten. I don't know. I don't even want to know how it got herpes. I don't want to know. I don't want to know the answer. To that. That's what Pete's wife. <laughs> Maybe. Well, after he let all the animals loose, he walked over to his barn, dropped his bolt cutters, pulled out a three fifty seven Magnum, and shot himself in the head. That'll do Jeez. it. Now, of course, once Thompson died, plenty of rumors began to circulate. Some said he was caught up in illegal black market animal sales and pissed off the wrong person. Okay. Others say he was involved with the Mexican cartels, who are known to illegally own tigers. And things, of course, went badly at some point or another. No, that's, with the Mexican cartels? <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I think they'd they be great clients. <laughs> <laughs> but the most pervasive rumor, at least among fellow exotic animal owners, was that Terry was killed by rogue animal rights activists. And those Whoa. activists set all the animals free in some sort of misguided 12 monkeys-like protest. Oh. But most likely... I mean, I, the one thing is, I know that there are some... Very extreme animal rights activists, which I actually thought, almost think we could almost cover at some point mm-hmm. on the show. Oh, totally. Where, but did, I don't know. Do you think, well, have they, is there evidence? Is there things that back that up? None. Where a animal rights activist would kill a human? Not even close. Not even, not even a little bit. Uh, do we it, know that for certain? It was all rumor. I'm just saying in general. I'm I think that they would. Has there ever been a story of animal rights activists killing humans? Well, judging by Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, uh, which is a powerful film about uh-huh. animal rights, uh, I think they, I think that they could kill people, and I'm sure that they have. Some well, of these people are truly psychotic. Well, at the very least, we do know that an environmentalist killed uh, a fair amount of people. His name was Ted Kaczynski. Ah, uh, he was a thinker, though. He was a thinker and an author, and technically would have been incredible on HGTV. If you did, you've ever, have you ever seen Bunker Living? No, I never I have. have been watching Doomsday Preppers, and the funny That's thing funny. is, all of them are currently living in heaven yes, because they're exactly like, we they were right, and they are like, it's very funny. But most likely, Terry Thompson and Terry Thompson alone was responsible for his own death. That makes the most amount nah. of sense. <laughs> and ultimately, the deaths of 50 animals. He is 100% responsible for every single one of them. Did these animals, other than the monkey, did they kill any people? No. Okay. Now the, that's that's a miracle. That it, truly is amazing that it, they didn't kill anyone because it, it is an absolute miracle. Ohio PD is not prepared for 50 wild animals. Well, let's get into the story of how all that went down. Now, the first person to notice something was wrong was Terry's neighbor, Sam Kopchak. See, besides just wild animals, Thompson also kept a number of horses on his property. And Kopchak looked out his window that day to see those horses being chased by a black bear. Oh, my God. Now, he was understandably alarmed, but was of enough presence of mind to think about the horse he'd bought just nine days previous. So he walked outside to lead the horse to his barn. He figured that black bear is going to be, he's busy with those other horses, but he might move on to my horse eventually. Yeah. But when he got out there, 
he was faced with a full-grown African lion, mane and all, staring at him from the other side of a fence that the lion could have very easily jumped over at any second. This is why it's always important to remember, even if you think you're alone... Don't get too stoned because you never know when you're going to walk outside and be confronted with a lion. The closest I ever had was when I went to go see Midsommar and I literally ate like 50 milligrams of edibles just sitting there like waiting for it. And then the earthquake hit in the middle of it. Oh, that's right. Oh, man, I am fucking not chill for this, man. I am not a go to guy right now. I forgot about that. That's so nuts, man. So cop check calmly led his horse to the barn as the lion watched. Then he locked the barn door and called his mother with his cell phone. His mom was sitting in the house watching TV about 100 yards away. Oh, my God. Cop Jack just very simply told her, quote, there is a major problem. Well, call me back up. No, because I could see that you're smiling and looking at the lion (laughs) on the phone. Be like, hi, hi, Mr. Lion. Hi, hello. Here's your problem. There's a major problem going on outside, honey. Yeah, there's a little bit of a problem going on here. Coochie, coochie, noochie, nooch. (laughs) So she called 911 and waited for the police to arrive. Meanwhile, Copchak watched out the barn window and saw even more dangerous carnivores joining the lion. There was a wolf. A second bear bigger than the first, oh my God. a lioness, and finally a full-grown tiger snarling I, and chasing after the horses. Hey, uh, honey, I got to tell you, the Animal Justice League is outside, <laughs> and um, we're going to really need I don't know if they're good or bad yet. They could be a Sinister Six. I'm not certain. Uh, Sinister Six is a uh, Marvel. They are Spider-Man villains. Uh, the Justice wow. League is DC, uh, just so you know. I, I'm going to fucking die. Technically, you did this, Henry. You made that come out of him. And when Deputy Jonathan Mary arrived on the scene, the deadly menagerie had grown by another lioness, and the orders came down almost immediately start putting these animals down before they start eating people. The first to die was a wolf, whom Mary killed with a rifle at 80 yards. The other animals scattered, so Mary drove up the hill towards Terry Thompson's house and came across another deputy just running back and forth near Thompson's driveway in a fucking panic. <laughs> they were freaking out. Yeah, of course they were yeah, freaking actually, out. Yeah. Freaking out. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you remember Tiger King where like they keep going back and interviewing the local sheriff, and yes. he just keeps saying, like, this shit one of these days, we knew something was going to pop off. They also knew this, and that was that day. Right. Yeah, it no, finally the, popped the, off. I wonder if you just, at some point, you just set up a special phone. I would, I would ask to, maybe a line on your, like, a special, like, change in your cell phone thing where a different ringer can come up. Right, like a <laughs> when roar. When it's that day. Yeah. When it shit hits the fan day at the illegal zoo where there's also a stockpile of guns. Right. sitting there. Because also, it's very strange as a police officer to not have any power. Right? You can't check this guy in any way. You just keep going on being like, so you got new wolves today, huh? It's a whole bunch of wolves. Yeah, that's a lot. You like voluntarily put a bunch of wolves in your backyard. You know, that's another house over there, right? Like next to you. Right? Oh, nice new... This is a new shotgun. You just got this? Oh, fuck. (laughs) See you later. Well, Mary got out of his cruiser to assist the other officer... 
and he grabbed his rifle. But the rifle snagged on the computer. And in a brain fart moment, Mary just left the rifle behind. He went in unarmed? Uh, Well, no. He had a Glock. But Ah. that was it. But he's going up against gigantic fucking animals. And after getting out of the car, Mary was faced with another black bear who immediately started running towards him. Armed only with a Glock, Mary took aim, got off one shot, and the bear fell dead seven feet in front of him because Mary had managed to shoot him right in the fucking brain. Oh, my God. That was close. (laughs) Oh, no. Did you see Christopher Robin come out being like, that was my thing. Oh, no, my friends. It's like somebody from an insane asylum who thinks he's Christopher Robin. <laughs> Look at all my friends. They here. We're all going to do wonderful inventions. Oh, God, he's my fucking guts out. Oh, Tigger, no, Tigger. After that, Mary untangled his rifle and shot three lions, another wolf, a tiger, and a grizzly bear. Damn. Oh All God. while other deputies formed a perimeter to prevent animals from reaching populated areas or nearby Interstate 70. Can you imagine fucking driving down the road, down the fucking yep. highway, and a couple of lions come out of the side of the fu- come out of the fucking brush? The news coverage. I believe Shepard Smith was covering this live. Shepard Smith is one of the greatest news reporters of all time, despite the network he worked on, and he could do play-by-play. And it was like... He was one of the best entertainers when it comes to reporters. Well, that's what news is. Yeah. Um, and, and <laughs> that's he, supposed to be. Play, Marcus, we don't live in a perfect world. Um, his play-by-play was freaking hilarious. This shit was I, so well, crazy. You, if it wasn't so deadly serious... It would have been very funny. Yes. Well, if they had gotten on the highway, if they learned how to, if they could uh, use their fucking turn signals, they're fucking welcome. All right, guys, come on. <laughs> Let's talk about turn signals on the fucking highway. Now, lest you think this was a bunch of redneck cops having fun on a safari in their own backyard, it was not. No! No, I don't think so. (laughs) They were not having fun. They were scared shitless. They were terrified. And the whole thing was extremely dangerous. And on top of that, it was fucking heartbreaking. Like, one of the cops said, hey, man, I'm a cat guy. Like, I don't want to shoot all these cats. It's got to be really sad. I mean, they're big, they're beautiful animals. Right. And yes, they're very dangerous, but I can't, I imagine that that woman, too, like, after fucking filling a bear full of lead and killing all these animals that are just also they're not a lot of them are not actively attacking yet either too right they're just kind of walking around all freaked they don't know what to do yeah i mean they're just kind of enjoying being out but as (laughs) soon as they see Uh. a human being like they definitely go into watch mode like they definitely go into I might kill you at any second. I mean, hell, that one bear had already charged the deputy and would have killed him had he gotten to him. I'm just a bear doing what bears do. I don't believe I should be shot for it. But sometimes just as a big old goofy bear. Yeah, I like having honey and I like using my little bear friends as toilet paper. It's fun to do. But every once in a while I smell blood and I just go a little crazy. (laughs) I know, bear. It's okay. Now, nobody actually thought at first that Terry Thompson had deliberately set all these animals free. They figured that the animals had escaped on their own and that Terry was probably either badly injured somewhere, if not dead. And at first, this did seem like the case. When deputies first spotted Terry's body, it was being eaten by his prized white tiger. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, no one knew that. Damn. But after the tiger was shot, police made a discovery that made the whole incident even grislier. 
The tiger, like many animals gorging on a body, had gone after the fleshiest parts first. The butt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it had completely gored the groin on Terry's body. And where before there had been the genitals of a man, there was now only a gaping, bloody void. They eat the cock first? I guess that's the meatiest part. He must have been well endowed. A lot of animals do that. Uh, it's, uh, the animals go for the fleshiest parts of the body first. Honestly, at one point, if you do find that the animal isn't attacking your genitals, you're like, oh, really? It's not big enough for you, huh? <laughs> you're going to go with my big fat gut instead, are you? <laughs> well, that's kind of an insult, isn't it? But that wasn't Terry's only wound. He had 21 wounds all over his body because the white tiger had dragged the body to the location where it was found by the arm and briefly, the head. (gasps) There was a huge fucking bite mark on the dude's head. The tiger started playing with it. It's the Cadbury egg of of the human body. It is, but I I could see it was, I wonder if it was almost trying to, it knew him so well, right? The tiger knew him so well. They must have been pissed off at him. almost in a way of, like taking him back to his cage, there was like a maybe over friendly, and then once you realize it's dead, I feel like they might have like tried to play with him a little bit, and then he's just like, "Well, I am hungry. There's a fresh <laughs> cock right here," and then he just you starts going right into it. Well, in the spot where Terry had shot himself, police found raw chicken scattered around the area. That meant that Terry had purposefully led the animals to his own dead body. So he wanted this. He wanted this. He knew that if he scattered raw chicken around his body, it would attract the animals. It would attract the fucking tigers and lions because he wanted them to eat him. Do you think that he did that or or is it he thought that they'd eat the chicken and not eat him. <laughs> no. I, you absolutely knew that they would eat him. That the chicken, the smell of the raw chicken would bring them to his body. That's, that's incredible. It's hors d'oeuvres. It he is. He did a whole prefix. He did. He gave <laughs> him an appetizer. It's just like, it's so weird to have all of this set up post your death. Yeah. Like, it's such a bizarre thing to do. I don't know. It's just a very, it's like he had this all worked out in his head, and I guess it sort of went as planned. It did go as planned. Now, the deputies were continuing what proved to be a terrifying hunt, but to get a little extra help, they called the Columbus Zoo 40 miles away. And who should join the zookeepers but famous late-night talk show guest... Jack Hanna. Oh, Remember Jack wow. Hanna used to be on Letterman all the time. Although the documentary hasn't come out about him yet, so I can't even <laughs> like him at this point until proven not a animal killer. Well, I, I think he's say- just a doctor. Okay. <laughs> he's not an animal killer, but he did have a dark chapter concerning an animal park back in the 70s. In 1973, a boy at one of his parks had his arm ripped off by a tiger and Hannah himself had to retrieve the boy's ripped-off appendage. What was the... I'm not going to victim blame, but I'm just saying what would happen. What what, did the, what was the kid doing? Don't touch the don't touch the damn tiger. It was not the boy's fault. You don't think so? It's, I know it wasn't. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, you know, when you have a bunch of loose tigers, it throws a bunch of wrenches in the system. Yeah, <laughs> I feel true. like there's a lot of people who's not going to be able to... Um, we can't really... Tell how we're all going to react if I saw many, many tigers. I mean, I know how I would react. I would run. I don't you think would I run? would go to speak. I would run. I would, I would run. D- I'd go, ah, I'd be a victim. I'd be immediately, because <laughs> I'm a big, loud, pink, 
I got my athleisure pants on. Just a beautiful ham. I didn't even ham. have any fucking hard material to go through. Right. Just a beautiful, beautiful, perfect ham. Um, I would, I would fall down and go to the fetal position. What are you supposed to do? When a tiger comes attacking? I, I would fall down and curl up. That's what I think I would do. Henry's a runner. What are you supposed to do? I don't know what you're supposed to do. I don't think there's much you can do. Maybe hit, I think you try hitting its nose. I know so you I, hit on the nose. I heard, I believe I've heard you get into a ball. Okay. I've heard that. I don't know if that's true. Side stories, LPOTL at gmail.com. Yes. <laughs> if you know how to successfully su- survive a tiger attack, that'd be awesome. I know with bears, it's, um, what is it? All right. Black attack, brown, get down, white, good night. I know I've said this several times on the show. I think I've said this literally exact. It all times. sounds it's, scary. And then I guess you also have to cover your cack. Cover, cover your cock and balls. That's it. What about the ladies? It goes after the fleshiest part, so it's going to go after the breasts. <laughs> yeah. And well, that's what happens a lot of people. What a when, uh, savage. <laughs> well, you know, when uh, people die in their apartments, you know, with cats and things like that. Right. Like, you know, cats will, of course, eat the body much. The, a cat will eat the body as soon as it gets hungry. Uh, and it goes yeah. after the no- the tip of the nose. It goes after the cheeks. That's just, that's, that's what cats do. Not? A dog will wait until it's almost starving before it eats its master. Uh, but a cat oh. will start eating it. A cat will start eating you. As soon as the food runs out. Yeah. If you sleep too long, a cat will start eating. <laughs> well, my eyes. My eyes. My eyes. God. Well, all in all, 50 animals were killed. The only ones that were saved were three leopards who were not let out of their cages, two monkeys who were locked up in bird cages in a living room strewn with feces. In bird cages? In bird cages. And a small grizzly bear kept in a big bird cage in the backyard. Why the hell is he keeping... Anyway, okay. He's, so he's, he's a horrible. terrible person. He's, yeah. a, he's a bad person. He's Thank you for your service, though. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Thank yes. you, Terry. It's torturing these animals. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because he wants to. But it's all. It's very selfish. It's all about him. Right. A year later, Ohio put into effect a law that banned the sale, ownership, and breeding of exotic animals to try and ensure like that something like this never happened in their state again. Right. However, a lot of people were grandfathered in. If you owned exotic animals before the law was passed, then you were allowed to keep your exotic animals. And I don't. That doesn't make any sense. It's all about <laughs> you should be having them. Well, as we know, but they watching, couldn't get new ones, so inevitably they, they, there would be a they would die. Eventually, they'll die out. Yeah, yeah I think that's fair. I'm, I'm fine with yeah. her. All right. But as we know from watching Tiger King, there are still somewhere between five and ten thousand tigers being held captive in the United States right now. So it's only a matter of time before we see another Zanesville. Whoa. Don't say it like you want it to happen. It's almost like it'll happen again. Don't even stress it. No, I mean, I was, uh, the, me and Carolyn were talking about this uh, last night. Is that like, man, it's like if everything, if American society just completely fucking collapses, right. and even like a tiny percentage of these people decide, fuck it, let's let the tigers out, all of a sudden we got tigers. In the wild, in America, forever. For forever. This is why we have to get yacht money. And we, can, <laughs> we gotta, we gotta, get gotta yacht live money. in we the middle of the oceans. <laughs> we, we gotta take to the oceans. Also, I'm putting a lot of money in hot air balloons. Great. I think it's another good way for us to live above the tigers. I think it's important that we start thinking about sky apartments. I agree. Man. Oh, man, what if Florida becomes tiger country? 
Because if you know, I mean, if, if anyone's letting their Tigers lose, it's going to be the people in Florida. Well, it's uh, going to be yeah. KB, oh, yeah. RIP, our boy Kevin Barnett. Listen to him on Roundtable of Gentlemen. Thank you for all the great uh, responses to that goofball show, by the way. Uh, wild, they did have animals released, or not released, but escaped. Kevin used to tell stories all the <laughs> time right. about tigers and lions and shit. That's right. Like, yeah, he was right next to a safari park. Yeah, he yeah. right by yes. whatever. I forget the name of it, but yeah. yeah. Oh, well, we always have. They still have that iguana problem yeah. in South Florida. They got the iguana problem, and yeah, there's. They always talk about finding big cats in the yep. Everglades and shit. Kevin used. He would say when he would walk home, he would oftentimes see tigers. <laughs> like. <laughs> Damn. And he also, if you are a round table, if you haven't gotten to this part where he talks about his subscription to Horse Illustrated, <laughs> yes. uh, he was a man surrounded by animals. Uh, thank you for uh, whoever sent me the uh, issue of Horse Illustrated. It's a fantastic little magazine. Oh, unreal. It's very real. It's so, so freaking funny. <laughs> it's so um, cute. Awesome, man. Well, what a fascinating story about Terry. That's why this whole Joe Exotic thing, I'm coming full circle. It could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot Everyone worse. Everyone kept him in the cage. It cages. could have been. <laughs> they were waiting for it to be worse. And that is true. Because I guess, I'm not going to say the term cooler heads prevailed. <laughs> uh, I will say that somehow they were not let out. One of the things that I would say to Joe, if I could be like, let's take it back and redo it. Don't say there's going to be another Waco. No. Just yeah. don't be like, it's going to be like Waco if anyone messes with me. That scares the cops. Well, that was Joe Exotic's biggest problem. That was always his biggest problem is his big fucking mouth. But it was big also his charm. But also without his big mouth, we wouldn't have gotten the line. Golden Nuggets. <laughs> it ruined everything for him. All of the coverage ruined everything for him. He could have worked in isolation for local. so long. He could have been a local character. He yeah. was Joe Exotic was made to be a local character. That What ruined him was national attention. He also, should not have gotten national attention. Also on Side Story, we mentioned how he got 19% of the vote. Uh, Henry did mock me mildly, which is totally fine, acceptable. Um, but that was within the Libertarian primary. Yes. He, so <laughs> so I thought he got 19% of the vote in Oklahoma. And I yes. was like... Damn, Oklahoma, Shit. you are yeah, sh- open-minded. <laughs> yep. Open-minded, yep. almost to a fault. Yep, 19% of the libertarian <laughs> vote, which is, uh, I don't know, I, don't, I guess there's a lot of libertarians in Oklahoma, but I wouldn't uh, imagine sure. there's there's that many. No, it's Also, amazing. his campaign manager is what you'd see if you open up the encyclopedia entry to libertarian. <laughs> it is that boy it was, man it was in the, there that has never experienced a thing. It's like, because he, oh yeah, he found him. You recruited him at the at the ammo the ammo section yep. of Walmart. <laughs> Literally <laughs> the, the dude, there. the sentence that made me laugh out loud, it was the worst year of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sounds like it, dude. All right, oh, everyone. Funny. Thank you all so much uh, for listening. Hope everyone is uh, healthy, happy, doing well, taking care of each other uh, during this time. And I hope you guys enjoyed the relaxed fit episode. Next week, we'll be back with some very fun tales. We're going to get to some blood. We're going to get to some uh, spacey alien type creatures. We're, it's, it's going to be just a wonderful time here uh, at LPN. Keep on supporting all the shows. We have a new show called The LPN Show, which is... It's dumb. It is just conversation. I had Jackie on the first show, holding on the second show. I'm hosting these first few. Will not be the permanent host. We're going to kind of keep that uh, revolving so you get a good taste of everyone that performs here on the network because they are all wonderful performers. Good, delicious dollop of taste. Mmm, getting Mm. some Eddie meat. Mm, Getting some of that Jackie stew. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but guys, go to Last Podcast Merch, our new merch yes. store. Yes. Check out some of our fine wares. We're having new sizes getting in there. We're going to have a bunch of women's styles in there. Yeah. Load them up. And again, remember, anything that you buy, 6.66% goes to One Fair Wage uh, to help people that are fucked right now in terms of job. Absolutely. And if you want to listen to Abelian's Top Hat this week, I interview uh, Liz and uh, Morgan. They started a great company, uh, a great nonprofit called Corona Couriers. Liz is the one who started it. And uh, they're doing a lot of amazing work volunteering. Uh, these are two people who lost their job. She was a librarian. The other girl worked at a bike shop. And uh, they're just doing some amazing stuff. So there is some positive stories out there uh, with of course, people taking absolutely. care of people. And, and that's very and, important. Uh, Live show's been moved to August. Yep. Next week, Tuesday, April 7th, Uh-oh. is the release of the last book on the left. Yes. It'll officially oh. be out there. Yes. Go to IndieBound.com trying to get that signed book. We don't know what's happening with a lot of the, uh, what's happening with the ticket bullshit and, and the mixtures, but I'm going to say, go to BarnesandNoble.com to, if you're getting a refund for the book that you tried to get for us on tour that is signed, go to BarnesandNoble.com, get it there. Uh, but it is coming out. It is coming out the pussy next week. Yep. Yes, it is. And I got a lot of messages being like, is it coming out? Of yes. The answer yep. is yes. You, The book will be there. You'll have it in your hands um, by mid-April. And it'll hopefully it helps you get through. It is. Um, you're going to have a. It's, Marcus did an amazing job. Thank you. And uh, and so please message Marcus. Y'all did great, too. I don't do. We didn't do anything. Tom <laughs> Neely fine. did an amazing job. <laughs> you wrote the essays. You did a good job. We, we wrote our. We did our but this is really a testament to how uh, amazing Marcus is as a, as a writer, and we are just so proud of him, and everyone is proud of you, and please let us know what you think of the book. Send Marcus some praise, because we were supposed to be on tour in April, and it was really going to be awesome. We were going to be like, yo, yeah, like, ah, you know, having a good time, but that will have to wait until August, and we'll be more happy than ever to see each other uh, on the road. So It'll be fine. Yeah, it, it, well, everything will go, get back to normal here uh, here pretty soon. It'll be a, a long road until then, but, you know, guys, we, we can all get through it together and we all got something to look forward to so but honestly uh, let's look august, forward to I'm, august. Gonna be, I'm so horny for a bar <laughs> oh my god i want to yeah. go to bars so bad i want to go to a i want to go to a bar i love drinking at home sure but there's just something about it's something about getting extra drunk at a bar yeah there's something really look frowned upon just getting drunk like that alone with your wife yeah, there's home. something less alcoholic about drinking around other people, um, watching something, having a reason other than just total l- boredom. boredom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just yeah, pure boredom. So we we did have a, quite a nice, uh, like super fucked up night, just alone in our apartment. You know, getting, got to yeah, just getting drunk and listening to records all Saturday night. It was actually really nice. And of course, if you're trying to stay dry during this time, uh, hope you're sticking with that. If that's what you want to be doing, I that highly really recommend impo- Honestly, weed edibles. That is very nice to reach out because there are people that are trying to fucking stay sober during this time. It is very, very difficult. I um, don't have the same strength. <laughs> but those of you that do, keep on keeping on. What I want to do is give a shout out Uh-oh. to my boy Kevin Gillespie. He's on top, he's on top Chef <gasps> All Stars right now. No kidding. He makes some of the best food in Atlanta. I uh, He is an incredible chef. He's crushing it on Top Chef right now. Okay. I give him big ups. And I also want to give some support to somebody who really needs it right now. And I want to give support to Heidi Klum for oh. her new show, <laughs> Making the Cut on Amazon. It is a lot. I love fashion shows. I do. I love fashion shows. <laughs> Naomi Campbell's so mean. That's your review? She's so mean. <laughs> 
And she always wears sunglasses inside. I don't know how she sees the dresses. I don't know either. All right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Ogin. Magustalations. Oh, heal me so hard. Oh. You do not have to be hard to hail him or me or anyone. I just want Italian food that somebody else makes. If you are, <laughs> if, what if you are erect? Would the lion, because that is no longer the softest tissue, uh-huh. would the lion still attack your genitals? It's still the softest tissue. It's just filled with blood. It only appears to be hard. Yeah, man. Then it's like a sweet egg roll to them, all filled with gushing blood. Yeah, it just means it. That just means it, it pops like a like a pierogi. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. Eat me first. Oh man, I wish you could go back in time and not say the sentence I did to start that conversation. <laughs> This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. 